In this episode, we will be discussing cell donation. We will first dive deep into cell and blood donation during the 1950s and how methods and practices have changed over time. We will look at the story of Henrietta Lacks, the woman whose cells helped cure many deadly diseases, which thanks to her are a thing of the past now. Next, we will talk about the process people must go through in order to donate blood and or cells. Finally, we will hear from a few students who have donated blood and or cells themselves. In the 1950s, Henry Truman was president. World War II ended nearly five years before. People began moving to the suburbs and starting families. Civil rights movements began to pop up, and although it's nearly 70 years ago, donating blood was still a thing people did. Blood transfusions was something that doctors were more than capable of performing, and people were voluntarily donating their time and blood. Along with that, they did not all have to complete all of the rigorous paperwork as they do today. Donating cells other than blood was not common, nor something most ordinary people did. Most cell researchers got their cells they used from themselves. But when they needed a mass quantity of cells, or for whatever other reason, some researchers would take cells from patients when they would go in for surgery without their consent. This is true in the case of Henrietta Lacks. Henrietta Lacks was a daughter, a sister, a wife, and a mother when she passed. But what she left behind has been proved to be one of the most useful tools in finding cures for some of the most deadly diseases during the 1950s. She had a hard lump inside of her pelvic region and eventually went to the doctor for it. They said that it was a cancerous tumor and they started a radium treatment. More tumors started to sprout up all over her body and they eventually got the best of her. When she passed, a researcher named Dr. Gray took a vial of her cancerous cells without permission from the family in hopes to grow them outside of the body. These were the first cells that Dr. Gray was successfully able to grow, and they were the first human cells that were successfully able to divide outside of the body. He gave them to scientists all around the world, and people all over were soon growing Henrietta cells, which were known by the name Hewa. Because cell donation was not really a thing, doctors would have to go to hospitals and get patient cells. And because there was not as many laws put into place as there are now, it wasn't uncommon for researchers to take them without consent. Today, when donating cells, you have to go through an extensive process. Here are the steps one must follow to donate stem cells, for example. You must first have a health assessment over the felt to even be considered for donating stem cells. Next, you have to have a physical health assessment to make sure you don't have any infectious diseases and to make sure you are in a good health standing to donate your stem cells. If you pass both the phone call exam and the physical exam, you will start to prepare for donation. Most likely, you will be donating a majority of those cells to someone who needs them. Along with that, you can also choose to donate some cells to the ISSCR, who is the leader in stem cell research. If you are donating to a person who needs them, you will be tested to see if you are going to donate your peripheral stem cells, which are in blood, or you can donate bone marrow stem cells. It depends on what the person needs. Today, donating stem cells is very common and can save lives. One example of when it saved a life is in the case of Gary and his sister. Gary Hodge, which is age 63, had blood cancer, also known as leukemia, 
which is sadly extremely common in the UK. He needed stem cells in order to combat and survive the cancer. Karen Scotlick, Gary's sister, was the person that would save Gary's life. She went through the steps I just listed in order to donate. The stem cells were injected into Gary, and they started working within weeks. Today, Gary is a very happy and healthy grandfather. Next, I interviewed a few teenagers who have donated blood, and I asked them to recall the rigorous process of paperwork that they must go to in order to do so. Have you ever donated blood or cells? Yes, I've donated blood before. Remember the process and forms you had to fill out before you donated? A lot of the forms were like consent forms and everything, and they explain the process of like what would happen to your blood and all that afterwards, and that they do all the testing to make sure it's healthy and all that before they can use it. I feel if when you went to the doctor's office, they took your blood or cells and used it for research without your consent. I feel angry more. I guess it's just because they took it without my consent. Just like if they'd let me know what they were doing with it and they'd let me keep me informed on it and things like that, I would might feel a little more allowing to let them use it, but not necessarily because, yeah. I mean, no one wants their body parts just running around random. Have you ever donated blood or cells? I've donated blood, yes. <laughs> Do you remember the process and forms that you had to fill out before you donated Yes, it was asking us about our medical history, basically anything that could have like a blood disease or just a disease in general. How would you feel if when you went to the doctor's office, it took your blood and or cells and used it for research without your consent? I would feel kind of violated because it's my blood. I mean, if I knew what they were using it for and beforehand, I probably would have let them use it. I just like couldn't know. Now, of course, donating stem cells and donating blood are two very different things. However, the processes one must go through has evolved, and there must always be consent with both. This means that there should never be another case like Henrietta Lacks. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Special thanks to the official ISSCR website, along with the Canadian Blood Service official website, and lastly, the official BBC News website.